It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number two of Green and Growing. A lot of information in hour number one and more to go. Plus your calls, 404-872-0750. And if you're just joining us and you wonder what parts of the show you missed, well, you always miss a lot if you miss an hour here on Green and Growing. At least I'd like to think so. Try to make it educational and informative. So you can go to wsbradio.com, click on On Demand, and find the show there under podcasts and listen back to each hour separately and on Spotify and on Google Play as well. I really appreciate that. Most of those files are ready sometime close to 10 a.m. once the show ends at 9 and we've got time to upload it and do all of that. So just know that in the Facebook page. Search Facebook for Green and Growing WSB and I hope you'll give it a like or a follow. Try to put very engaging things on there. So without further ado, I can't wait to talk to Virginia calling from Sandy Springs this morning. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? I am great, and I love the plant that you're calling about. Oh, my gosh, how beautiful. It's getting ready to really shine this time of year. Well, I'm afraid that's not the case with mine this year, unfortunately. All right, so what do we have? (laughs) Well, this is about the third season. I put them in in the fall about three years ago, and that first year they didn't produce too many berries. And it's a winterberry holly, right? Winterberry holly that runs those berries all the way down the stem. Beautiful. Drops the leaves. Last year I had berries, but this year uh, the both of them have struggled. And uh, from about a third of the way from the base, I have no leaves at all, and I have no berries. I have top leaves, but I have no berries. And so I wondered if I should go ahead and just kind of start over by pruning them back since I won't lose anything this year, or just exactly what what you think. So, hmm, I'm wondering what's going on, because they're pretty tolerant to disease and insect issues, so I would almost rule those out right away. Um, As far as light is concerned, I kind of want to go through a checklist with with you here, Virginia. So they do very well in either full sun or like part shade. So do you have them in the right place? I I think I do. I get morning sun, about four to five hours of morning sun. Okay. All right, and they are very adaptable to most kinds of soils, but I'm thinking probably a little more like acidic soil, and I don't know if when you planted them, you planted them with any kind of, you know, organic matter or right. something very good uh, yeah, to I, 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 uh, Three years, my mind goes back that long, if I can remember. But, yes, pretty much, I'm sure I probably did because I try to do that. My soil is generally not too acidic, so I had need to add things and i'm sure i probably did with them too so okay and i don't know thus far in 2020 what our overall rainfall has been to me it has seemed dry um especially dry this summer and when we've had periods of rain it's been a lot of rain coming down in a matter of two three four days Um, (laughs) so one of the biggest things is they are susceptible to drying out they are not going to do well in Mm. conditions where you know they're for prolonged periods of time dry. So that kind of might be something. And the fact that it doesn't have any leaves near the bottom is that's just its signs of starting to show stress from the roots up. Okay. So we kind of may get to the the source of the problem here last as we go through the checklist. Um, mm, 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 mm. I would continue to kind of watch it, break off a limb or two, make sure that the limbs without the leaves 
um, do still have, you know, that, that cambium layer, that green layer in it, and it's not just a brittle break. And you should be able to propagate, you know, if, if you're looking ahead, kind of thinking that you may lose them. Um, you right. can definitely propagate winterberry holly pretty well um, really? from, from okay. healthy stems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hmm. it's going to take some patience snipping okay. the, the stem cuttings and all that kind of stuff. And I can certainly email you uh, directions on how to do that. But, yeah, we want to take the cuttings from a healthy plant. So continue to watch it a little bit, Virginia. But I would go ahead and get on, like, a good uh, watering regimen from now into, you know, the later fall and early winter. Um, about okay. an inch a week. I mean, that's kind of standard, but especially for this variety of holly. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, this is a deciduous holly. It does lose its leaves. Right, right. And you've uh-huh. seen maybe Christmas cards where the front of the Christmas card is just white snow. You see a red cardinal and you see some red berries, some kind of plant there in the forefront of a Christmas card. That's what winterberry holly is, where it just loses all its leaves. And it's just so awe-inspiring just seeing those white berries. So, um... Yeah, Virginia, I would go ahead and start start watering an inch a week. Uh, and we are going to okay. get some rain this weekend, so kind of wait wait around and see what happens yeah. there. Okay. Um, yeah, take take a branch or two. Make sure we're not losing um, some of those, those branches, those stems. And let me know. Kind of keep me posted because I hope maybe we have found the culprit that it just dried out and it's not going to be the point of no return. I think we may still be good. Okay, one quick thing. Sure. Uh, the ones that are... On the bottom that are dead, the limbs, it's okay to go ahead and cut those off, isn't it? Yeah, anything that's dead and dying is not of any benefit to the plant whatsoever. Um, So you can go ahead and remove those. And, I mean, I would recommend a fertilizer. Usually we think, ah, something's wrong with one of my plants. I want to fertilize. But they're just really not heavy feeders. Um, And really, the point of a fertilizer would be, like, to speed up some growth. And I don't think you really have a problem with with slow growth (laughs) there. So, yeah, just kind of keep an eye on it. Let me know and keep it watered. All right. All right. Thank you so much. I'm glad you called, Virginia. Thank you so much for that. Oh, winterberry holly, man, that is really something to consider. Uh, some of you pull your hair out with, with um, evergreen hollies and just can't stand them. They get too overgrown and big, but that's a good one, a deciduous one where the berries are just so wonderful. 404-872-0750. Up next is Gerald calling from Cascade. Hey, good morning, Gerald. Hey, Ashley. How you doing? Very good. How have you been? Doing fine, actually. Um, actually, first of all, I want to comment on um, Nicole's call about the Master Gardener program. Yeah. I went through the Master Gardener program, too, about 20 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> but about 20 years ago, in fact, Walter Reed is one of my teachers. Oh, and, um, cool. Yeah, and um, I guess the biggest thing, I, I love the program. Just like Nicole, I love the program. I also love Nicole, but anyway, I love the program. <laughs> and I love what she said about, um, you know, you learn things that you'll remember for the rest of your life. You know, like, for me... The two main phrases that I learned from Master Gardener were amend the soil mm-hmm. and read the label. Ooh, right? Read so the, the label is such a simple thing, but we need to be reminded about it, don't we? We really do. It's something Walter Reed stress, stress, stress. Read the label. So I, I love Master Gardeners, too. You know, I, I was, Gerald, um, let me ask you, too, because mm-hmm. one of the most visual things about what Nicole was saying, like she remembered that demonstration with the mason jar and the guy layered, you know, soil, clay, sand, and to see what would happen almost as kind of like a science experiment. Don't, didn't you find that with the Master Gardener courses too? I mean, visual learning, like them showing you, here is the plant we're talking about, here's actually how you prune it or how you do whatever, that really sticks in your mind, doesn't it? Totally. Walter Reed used to have a story, he used to tell us about, um, how, you know, the three numbers that come on a bag of fertilizer. Uh-huh. He used to tell a story about the 
you used to um, compare John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> Boogie Nights or something, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it tells the, the, the top number and the middle number and the bottom number, whatever. But, yeah, I remember, I remember things, you know, things I'll never forget. Oh, I love it. So I want to remind folks, and I'm definitely going to get to your question here, Gerald, but so he was listening in the first hour, and I had a caller, Frank, come on, and he's promoting the Georgia Master Gardener Association yeah. virtual conference, which is going to yeah. keep us all safe. It's going to be November 13th and 14th. You can just log on from your computer, and then once you pay to register for this, it's going to be available to you for, I think, two or three months afterwards, if, in case you're not readily available on November 13th and 14th. But what a cool thing. It's going to have speakers. It's going to have garden tours all right there virtually online. Um, so you can register by going to georgiamastergardeners.org, and that's gardeners with an S, georgiamastergardeners.org. And I am certainly going to be doing that. I kind of missed the – I wanted to do it yesterday, but I forgot. So I'm definitely going to do it. So, Gerald, thanks for all of that. So what do you want well, to talk it, about? It, it, it sounded wonderful, actually, especially a bit about touring the gardens, touring Vince Dooley's garden. Uh, I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah I mean, fabulous. hey, that's the next best thing. If you can't be yeah. there in person in Athens, virtually, I'm all for it. Yeah, it sounds fabulous. Anyway, I just want to ask you about, Ashley, is um, I got Amanda Villa, a second time I bought Amanda Villa from Pike. Mm -hmm. um, Amanda Villa do so well for me. They just they bloom all summer long. Where do you and have the best success? I mean, full sun, but like, what? how do you trellis it up? Where is it? Well, it, it's it's not full sun. Okay. It's, it's, it's pretty much full sun, but it's, it's, it, it doesn't get suns about maybe 11 o'clock in the morning. And then probably doesn't get sun till, till about four o'clock in the afternoon, eleven oh, to four. Wow! So not really full, but anyway, but it, but it does very very well. I just got a, <laughs> I made a trellis, made a homemade trellis, and just put it up on the trellis and let it go. Perfect. And if you water them in the villas, they just bloom for you all summer long. Yeah, and people drive by your yard, and I mean that's a showstopper right there. If you've got one in full bloom, my goodness. It really is. I had one last year. I had one two years ago. This guy was dating, told me to leave it out during the winter, and I did, and the thing died. Mm -hmm. So I stopped dating him, and I stopped. I never bought the plant again. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, I tried to decide to try it again this year, and uh, but this year I really want to save it. So I want to know when I need to bring it in, and I have two places I could put it. One place it'll get pretty good sun, but it's really in a very imposing spot in the front room. Okay. Another place is downstairs in the basement, where it would be against a fine glass window. But it wouldn't get a lot of light. It'll get some light. But what um, I want to know is, where, will, it, will it do okay downstairs in the basement where it doesn't get much light? You know, I think the most important thing is light and like a oh, good really? air temperature, too, second to that. So if you're thinking about a basement or a garage, it does have to be somewhat moderately heated. Um, but basement's light is heated. Basement's be, heated. Okay, good. Light is going to be more important than that temperature, though. Okay, that's okay. Um, yeah, so okay. that's that's a little inconvenient, I know. So here's what we need to do, though. Not difficult at all to keep that alive and overwinter Mandevilla. And it's worth the effort. I mean, you heard Gerald describe it. It's, it's totally worth the effort. So just prune the vine away from the trellis. Like, right about now would be a great time to do that. Uh, maybe back to, like... 24 inches, maybe even a little less. You know, you can have it a little round two feet or so. And just be able to pull that root system out. Make sure you get as much of it as you can. Drop it into a large pot. Throw some soil in there. And as Gerald was saying, you know, it needs to be kind of a sunny window. A sunroom is preferable, but we've got a garage. We've got a basement that stays heated. It's not going to get super cold in there. It is going to start to lose, you know, up to half of its leaves. And, of course, that's fine. Um, I would water it just a couple of times when you think about it in the wintertime and you're walking by. Um, just make sure the soil doesn't get so, so dried out that it's just 
falling through your hands. Um, and then you're just able to bring it back out in late April after the chance of frost has passed. And you're good to go to plant it back in the uh, back in the ground around the mailbox or trellis or whatever. So, Gerald, I'm really glad you called about that because that is timely, something to do right now. We're going to take a break and be back with more of your calls. And, of course, the top three things you need to do in your landscape right here on 95.5 WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Still a lot left to do here with half the show remaining. An hour and a half left of Green and Growing. First, a weather update brought to you by Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz and uh, Finley Roofing. Today, the high going to be in the mid-70s, mostly cloudy to partly cloudy. A few showers or thunder showers in the area. Lows only around 60. And tomorrow, the chance of showers goes down to about 30% for Metro Atlanta. Mix of sun and clouds. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So this is something about the show that I really enjoy doing. Try to do it once an hour, maybe twice an hour. But we devised this top three things to be doing in the landscape just to kind of help keep you on track and not get you overwhelmed about just simple, basic things to be doing that are seasonal, timely. So number one, plant pansies. We're still going to be talking about that throughout the show. Walter Reeves joined us and uh, gave you so many advantages and reasons why you can plant pansies. You can be successful. They're very easy, good to grow. Uh, Rich, well-draining soil, and a listener reminded me, needs to be a little acidic as well. Best to mound them up when you plant them and space them properly so that they can fill in. You see the landscape pros put them in, and they just fill in so well. So make sure to space them right. They don't crowd each other out. They're going to get bigger. Uh, Use a fertilizer like Osmocote. It's labeled for uh, its Osmocote Outdoor Indoor Plant Food, and that is just fine. They will do well throughout the cold months. They love the cold. They do fine in snow. Number two, you can cure pumpkins, a butternut and Hubbard squash, if you were lucky enough to grow some of that, at temperatures between about 70 and 80 degrees for two or three weeks immediately after you harvest them. And then once they're cured, you can just store them in the pantry. Make sure it's a dry place that has a temperature of around 60 degrees. And number three... I always advocate manual removal of weeds and unwanted things first, if that's possible. But kudzu, poison ivy, any other weedy vine more susceptible to chemical control this time of year, if that's the route you have to go. Um, I use BioAdvanced Brush Killer, and that works very well. But follow the label directions. Make sure you protect other plants around that from any drift or spray. But uh, weedy vines, just anything that you don't want now that you see some of the leaves coming off the trees, some of that stuff's so ugly. And remember, poison ivy vines, even though some of the leaves may fall off soon, the leaves are turning red, but they're, uh, they've got hairs coming from the vines, and you can see them growing up the trees. Be careful. When you touch that stuff, you always want to wear gloves. All right, coming up, we'll have Marie and Roswell, Craig in Athens, and hopefully you. Give us a call with your question, 404-872-0750 on Green and Growing. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 735, welcome to News 95.5. 
AM 750 WSB or just 95.5 WSB. Either way, you're here. We're glad you're listening, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on the WSB radio app on your phone or with your smart speaker when you just say, hey, Alexa, play WSB. Maybe she just heard me in your house and she's going to turn us on right now. That would be creepy. But we're here until nine o'clock. And then up after that is Dave Baker and the Home Fix It show. Nine o'clock until noon. No Georgia football today. But the dogs will play Kentucky next Saturday on Halloween. And you'll hear all of that, including the tailgate, pregame show, and the game and postgame right here on WSB. Love taking the calls this morning. We've got some good ones. 404-872-0750. Up first, Craig calling from Athens. Hey, welcome to Green and Growing. Thank you. I pass a church every day on my way to work. For the last few weeks, they have several plants across the front of it that are huge. They're like 10 to 12 feet tall, but they're bushes, and they have beautiful blooms. They look like snowballs, but the same bush will have one pure white bloom and one hot peak or reddish bloom, and it's covered with them. I called the church to ask them what the plant was, and they don't know. I've looked it up, and I looked up hydrangeas, and there's like a vanilla strawberry hydrangea, but that's not it. I looked up snowballs, and I don't see a plant that has two different colors on it. Do you have any idea? That, you know, when when I read the description, when you spoke to DeMarco, trying to identify a plant, beautiful and blooming, looks like a snowball. Yeah, so my brain kind of first went to snowball viburnum is kind of what is a snowball bush. And that looks like a perfect white snowball. That, though, those stop blooming probably in early to mid-summer, so we can rule that out. Um, hydrangeas, of course, we don't have the macrophylla going right now, like the mop head, the, the fluffy ones. Those are earlier in the season. And then now we're looking at panicle, like the more cone-shaped hydrangeas, limelight, that kind of thing. Um, PG, I think, is a, is a panicle hydrangea. And those are blooming right now, but yeah, they're not puffy. They're more of a grape shape or a cone shape. So, Craig, I am going to go out on a limb and take a guess. And I know that people listening, if they know exactly what it is, they're going to call in right now. But I'm going to go out and guess it might be a Confederate rose. Um, Confederate rose bushes can get really, really tall. They've got big, broad green leaves uh, with like slightly serrated you know, edges, and that bloom just looks so big from the street, and they can be white and they can be pink. What do you think? Yeah, that could be it, except the same plant has separate colors. I mean, it's not like one bloom with mixed colors. It's one pure white and one hot pink. Yeah, that could have been some kind of, like, grafting issue to, you know, where it's got two different colors on it. Um, If you have a chance and can safely do so, you know, pull into the church parking lot or whatever, take a picture. Because if it's a Confederate rose, I would love to use that picture in my Highway Horticulture uh, photo album on the Facebook page where I try to post pictures of things, especially a little more active in the spring, but this time of year, things that people like you are seeing that you're like, oh man, she identified it. I didn't know what that was. Um, so send that to me on Facebook. Just find me on, you know, Green and Growing WSB. Um, but that's what I'm going to go with. And if anybody has any better guesses, please give us a call at 404-872-0750. Craig, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. You drive safe today. I love just observing nature, looking at the world around you, kind of seeing what's going on and, and being curious gardeners. That makes us better. 404-872-0750. North Fulton County, where I'm going to be in just a couple hours, helping a friend with a yard sale. Marie's calling in. Hey, Marie, good morning. Oh, good morning. I have a Mandeville question also. Okay. I have... Uh, 
six mandevilla plants, four pink and two white, and they're about eight to ten years old. And they have always done really, really good. I keep them from year to year. But this year, they're not looking that good. And I was wondering if they have a certain lifespan. And I was thinking maybe letting them go and starting all over. I have them in pots, and I keep them in pots all summer. They're on the front porch, and uh, they go along the railing. Mm -hmm. And so I was just wondering if it was worth my time to put them back in the basement in front of a sliding glass door, as I do every year, or if I should let them go and start all over, because it would be a lot of work to haul them in the basement for nothing. Yeah, right, and especially if you're going to all that work to overwinter them. Um, I'm looking on the University of Georgia's page and also on uh, Clemson's um, agricultural sites as well just to see lifespan. I don't know, but that could be a very good question. Um, And obviously it stays, you know, in in the months when it's flourishing and when it's growing, it stays watered properly and gets everything that it needs there, right? Oh, yes, yes. I water them every morning. They're, now, let me add, please. Okay. They are in uh, clay pots that are uh, 12 inches across. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should repot them, break those clay pots open and repot them and uh, in, into bigger pots if they would revive or if I should just let them go if that's if they have a certain time. So if you, you know. yeah, if you've got the patience, Bury, I would definitely do that. As I told the previous caller, um, now is about the time to start cutting them away from the trellis and the mailbox and whatever. Go ahead and get those bare roots as much as you can. Put them into a pot. And then the light is going to be more important overwintering mm-hmm. them where you place them in your house than the air temperature. But that's kind of important, too. You don't want to put it in a cold greenhouse or a cold shed or something. It needs to be a moderately oh, no. heated area. They're in the basement in, a, in front of a sliding glass door. The yep. basement is somewhat heated. That's you know, perfect. Cool, so, but it's warm. Yeah, so I would give it a shot. You know, reduce the frequency of watering. I told him maybe just uh, once or twice. And then I've got a few more tips for you because I want you to be successful. Like I said, if you have the patience, it's going to be worth trying. But first, got to check on a traffic red alert. We'll be right back. This is a traffic red alert from 95.5 WSB. That's right, 742 in the Coolway Carrier, WSB 24-hour. Traffic Center Police and Fire Department activity has all lanes now shut down 285 north and southbound. The outer and inner loops at Covington Highway, exit number 43 on the the east side perimeter use the downtown connector as an alternate once again all lanes shut down with police and fire department activity 285 north and southbound the outer and inner loops at Covington Highway, exit number 43. You can use the downtown connector as an alternate. Also, Crash at Times has all lanes blocked in Clayton County, 285 eastbound. The outer loop east of I-75, exit number 58. I-20 eastbound is a good alternate. I'm Mike Schultz, 95.5 WSB. Definitely sounds like you want to avoid 285 for the time being. Thanks for the update, Mike. We'll check traffic again in about six minutes. So, Marie, what I was going to say, the last tip for you, go ahead and get as much of the root system as you can. And then in late winter before we put that back out let's say late march april once the chance of frost has uh passed once we put that out prune by removing just the old crowded stems shortening some of the others you probably are in the habit of doing that um and then give it a little shot of fertilizer and hopefully that's going to reinvigorate the plant a little bit and give it the best chance for survival and i'm going to continue to look up the lifespan of a mandevilla because 
I don't really know. And I think that's a great question. So good luck with that, Marie. 404-872-0750. We've got Dick calling from Anderson. Good morning. Good morning. And the man that called from Athens is talking about a Confederate rose. They really are in bloom right now. And you tend to find those in older, older neighborhoods because I hadn't been able to find one when I lived in Atlanta, you know, to buy. And they either turn, they either start off pink and turn white or they start off white and turn pink, and I don't remember which. So so my comment about grafting was wrong. That's just natural, the different parts of the plant changing color at a little bit different times, right, Dick, from white to pink or pink to white? Yeah, the, I used to live in East Cobb, and one of my neighbors had one, but she brought it from southern Alabama. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I, oh. was, and I, try, I tried to root him a couple of times, but, you know, that didn't work. Oh, but that's not why I called. Great. No, I'm, I'm really glad you did, though, and I'm, I'm really proud of myself that I was right. <laughs> Sometimes that doesn't, <laughs> feels like that doesn't happen, so yay. Well, what can we help you with today? Montauk Point Daisies. Uh-huh. Um, I bought... Uh, at Lowe's a couple of years ago, they were marked down from $15 to a dollar, so I bought two big pots of them. Um, I've recut them back in the summer, and they're blooming. Mm-hmm. When can I split them? There are three plants in each pot. So these daisies, Montauk daisies, kind of remind me of like more of your traditional daisy with the white small petals and the big yellow right, center, right? yeah. Yep. So we love that they're perennials. And of course, perennials do great here in Georgia. Um, It's always a toss up as to whether or not you could do it in the fall or early spring. Um, But generally, when we do want to divide all our perennials, it's a little bit earlier in the fall. Kirk Mellish is saying we're probably going to have a late frost, um, so you'd be safe to do it now. I personally, I would go ahead and do it in early spring. And that's just going to uh, be when you start to get the new shoots. Uh, coming right. up, and that way you can see where it's at. I would wait and do it then, um, and just put it right back in the soil. And I think you're going to have really good luck with that. Okay. Now, the the other thing that I didn't quite understand when I I was listening to a a gardening show from Maine. Okay. <laughs> well, they should know about you know because it's a, a northern plant. They had me cut it back midsummer, and it bloomed twice. Okay. Is that? Sound reasonable? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's taking, you know, deadheading to the extreme. But yeah, I mean, perennials are just so uh, full of energy and all of that during the, the warmer months that I think that that probably was a good thing for it. Not necessarily anything you have to do, but yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just all right. Well, you... thank you so much. You, uh, even though I'm in Anderson, you are still my go-to gardening show. I love on Saturday it. mornings. I'm so glad, Dick. Well, thanks so much, and thanks for letting me carry you over from uh, from Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden Show, and sticking with me and giving me a chance here on Green and Growing. I. I love people that are so supportive and so encouraging. And I was just telling somebody yesterday, as a matter of fact, like I'm having a lot of fun doing this show. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I work on it Monday through Friday. I do a lot of show prep in order to get ready for three hours on a Saturday morning. One day I'll be able to just breeze in here and it'll all be just in my head and I won't need to really do any prep. But I'm enjoying it. And some of the people that I've met and the experts that I've had on and the guests and the friendships have been Wonderful, and I love still having Walter be a part of the show as well. So thanks very much for that. All right, Margaret and Moreau is going to be asking about a hanging basket. It's kind of taken over, going crazy. Charlene in Dawsonville, a Japanese maple, maybe 
not in the ground yet, wondering whether or not to do that or put it in a pot. And 404-872-0750 is the number you can call to get here on Green and Growing. It's Scott Slade. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. You're just waking up. Temperature's still hovering around 64 degrees. It is going to be hot today. I got a little bit of a sunburn yesterday. Not going to lie. So highs around the mid-70s, lows in the low 60s for today and tomorrow. Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad and it's calling for rain, scattered thunder showers today. So be ready for that. And maybe a chance drops down to about 20% tomorrow. Your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. I want to go back and revisit something that we had in the uh, 6 o'clock hour, maybe early 7 o'clock Um, I had, what was her name? Oh, Virginia. Virginia in Sandy Springs called about her winterberry holly. And we were discussing what a beautiful holly this is. It is deciduous. It's not evergreen, meaning it loses its leaves. And you've got those stems with bright, bright red berries. And that's all there is in the wintertime. So pretty. Well, I'm appreciative to Betty, who just called in, and Mickey Gasway, who's been messaging me uh, during the show. Both of them bringing to my attention, which I will admit I did not know, Um, But she's had them for three years, so I don't know that this was necessarily the issue. But with winterberry holly, you've got to have a male plant around a female plant. And that's a a southern gentleman, I think, uh, is what Betty said. How cute. You have to have a male plant with up to like five female plants. Each individual plant bears only one type of flower. Uh, They turn into the berries on a female plant. So you really need that. You've got to have the male and the female. Male hollies will never develop berries, so they aren't very showy. Um, In this case, Virginia did have berries. Uh, It was just on the upper parts of the stem, on the lower parts of the stem. No berries. Uh, Leaves had fallen off, so we were kind of concerned about that. And I was thinking that could be a water issue, too. But if she's got multiple hollies, odds are she's got a, a male and a female. So that's really good. I'm glad uh, Mickey and Betty checked in to clarify that for us. Up next, we're going to talk to Margaret in Monroe. Hey, welcome to the show, Margaret. Thanks for calling. Hello. I had a hanging basket with Wondering Jew in it last year, and a part of it broke off. And honest to goodness, that Jew has taken over my yard, and it's worse than kudzu. I can't get rid of it. So it is, yeah, it's it's in the yard and growing from where it fell off? Yes, ma'am. And under the under my deck it has taken over we we um have tried every kind of spray i can't find anything that will kill it now as a as a house plant which i know now we're we're fighting with it outside margaret but as a house plant i've not known it to last very long um this is not one that you're going to pass on and and share with people necessarily so that may be some good news interpreting it to the outdoors Um, That it just may not overwinter or it may just kind of die out and getting out there and hand pulling it sounds like that's going to be quite the task because it's gone a little crazy. Um, So if nothing else is in the area, if it's starting to get under the deck and things like that, I would go ahead and do a couple of little squirts around up as long as there's nothing in the area that you're going to want to harm. Wandering Jew is a wonderful little house plant. It grows well. It does really Really nice, gets very full and all of that. Um, Small kind of purple leaves with like a thick green border uh, around the leaves there. So, yeah, if it's something that's unwanted, um, hand pulling it would be my first thought. Uh, Roundup would be the second. And then I would just kind of wait and see if 
Maybe we could throw some grass seed or liriope or something in that area, and that's going to kind of take over and just choke out the wandering Jew that you don't want. I'm so sorry, Margaret. I had no idea <laughs> if one little stem fell off that it would... Uh, it propagates pretty easy, though, so I guess that probably makes sense that it's just going nuts now. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, I'm going to have a short conversation with a Georgia DOT spokesperson, Natalie Dale. You're going to want to stay tuned for that and how that impacts you. And Charlene in Dawsonville, we want you to call 404-872-0750. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.